You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're welcome this morning. It's good to be together um, in the house of the Lord. To be very honest, I believe that um, God is setting us up for something. (laughs) I know you keep hearing me say things like this. And uh, you might be tempted to think, why do you just keep saying that? But I can't help it. But to say that God is really setting us up for something that is going to be um, a beacon of hope to many in this land. I'm telling you. Are you, are you following me? Many people have gone through so much. Many people, the enemy has, has uh, enslaved so many people. Even Christians. I'm telling you. But I believe that um, God is going to use us to be a shining example of what he can do. Of what he can do through um, yielded vessels. Through people that are ready to pay whatever price it takes. We're not here for convenience. You, if you've been around, you know that this, we're not serving God out of convenience. If we have to do it out of convenience, we won't even be here this morning. Am I correct? Yeah, so it's not about convenience. It's about what God wants to do. And I know, I know, um, we are going to see the hand of God. We are going to see the glory of God. Amen. We will see the power of God in, 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 in this land. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it just to encourage someone and uh, just to let you know that um, you're in the right place. Amen. You're in the right place and uh, God is, um, has chosen you. If you are here, it's because you've been chosen Amen. to be a forerunner. There are other people that will catch up with us with time. But at least you have the you become the first partakers <laughs> of, of, of certain manifestations. Okay, so I'm, I'm excited about that, especially about our prayer that is coming. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the first of many yeah, where we will pray and we are going to shift things in the spirit. I have told other pastors, send your prayer requests. If you really want to see God do something in your life, send it to us because we are engaging heaven for 24 hours nonstop. Yeah. And uh, we will do it here. Not do it in your homes. No, here. Okay. <laughs> because uh, there's a glory here in case you don't know. Yeah, there's a grace here. That God has put upon us. There is a candlestick that is here, and uh, it's not in your home, not yet, at least. Yeah. But uh, the time will come that 
we will um, will be able to uh, to spread it around. Okay. So, but I want to share with you briefly, and then we will pray. Just in preparation, in preparation for um, our our prayer <laughs> spiritual airstrike. Aerial bombardment. Yes, we are going to bombard the whole place. Even if you know someone in Japan or China or anywhere, tell them to send their request. Amen. We've created an email account called prayer at everynationmidran.org. So they can also send their emails there, prayer requests. But um, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to be a massive thing and it it will be the turning point it will mark the turning point in some people's lives okay so I want to share with you on what I call um, laboring with God in prayer okay laboring with God in prayer in case you don't know prayer is uh, although there are different types of prayer different types of prayer in the Bible um, so oftentimes when we say prayer, people just, we just lump everything together. And, and um, so we are not able to really um, appreciate the, the diverse kinds of prayers that are in the Bible. But basically, what we're going to be doing is uh, it's, it, it falls under the category of intercession and supplication. Okay? There's a, there's a prayer of intercession. There is a prayer of supplication. And the, all the different prayers have different principles that govern them. So, um, for example... The prayer of intercession has a totally different um, modus operandi from the prayer of faith. You know the Bible in the book of James? Um, James, I, I hear an echo. I don't know what's happening. Um, in the book of James, chapter, James chapter 5, where he says, uh, if is any of you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray for him and anoint him with oil. And then it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So the prayer of faith is different from the prayer of intercession. The principles that govern the prayer of faith are different. Are you following me? Yeah. It's different from the, 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 the prayer of intercession. So most of what we're going to be doing... Um, over this weekend will be will fall under the prayer of intercession and the and the prayer of um, supplication. So let's look at um, Colossians chapter four. Colossians chapter four. And uh, in Colossians chapter four, we see here in verse twelve. Verse twelve. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, 
a bond servant of Christ greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Okay? Why? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Epaphras, who is one of you? A bond servant of Christ. So Epaphras was able to distinguish himself from the crowd. He's part of the part of the church, but he was able to distinguish himself, to stand out distinctly from the crowd. Are you able to stand out from the crowd? Or you want to join the crowd? You want to be part of the crowd or do you want to stand out distinctly? You want to be like everybody else and have the same reputation as everybody else or do you want to stand out? Many Christians today just want to be like everybody But they don't realize that that's very limiting. There is a way you can serve God. Alright? Where you stand out. There's a way you serve God that you stand out distinctly. That when they're talking in heaven, they'll be talking about you. You know why we read about Job today? Because he stood out in his generation. He wasn't like everybody else. So everybody's doing it, so what? I want to be different. Are you getting my point? Yeah. I want to be different. But what is it that's going to distinguish you? People get distinguished for different things. Some is for good, some for bad, some for ugly. <laughs> Don't you know people who, if you think about them, you just think of certain things. There, there are certain things that are synonymous with their names. When you, when you call some names, there's a picture that comes to your mind. Am I correct? Yeah. So Epaphras who is one of the brethren, who is part of the church. As a matter of fact, he later on went to become an apostle if you study history. He became, he became a massive apostle. Okay? But he distinguished himself as a bond servant of Christ. And I've explained, I've explained the concept of the bond servant to you before. The born servant of Christ is not just a servant of Christ but it's a born servant of Christ. And this, this idea of born servant came from the Old Testament. We know that 
there was a time that they, they, they used to have slaves. Okay? They used to have slaves. In those days, you could buy a slave. Remember, Joseph was sold into, into um, slavery in Egypt. Somebody actually paid money for him. It's like what they were trying to do in Libya. That was bad. Okay? But in biblical days, it used to happen. And some people today will say, well, you know, the Bible condones slavery and all of that. No, no, no. The Bible just regulated the relationship between the master and the slave. So in other words, don't treat them the way that the world treats them. Okay? So it was part of culture. It was part of tradition globally at that time. And we know that humanity has advanced. And actually, the people that stopped slave trade were Christians. So some of those people that make noise, if they go read history, study history, you find that it's Christians that championed the termination of slave trade. So what was it that inspired them to do that? The Bible. People like William Wilberforce. Huh? Wilberforce was a disciple of John Wesley. And one of the things that John Wesley, on his deathbed, one of the instructions he left with Wilberforce is make sure that slave trade ends. And he achieved it. Okay? So when you hear people talk, sometimes they just uninform people arguing about things they don't know. Hmm? So the same Bible that they're using to, to uh, the same uh, concept of slavery that they're using to put down Christianity, they don't know that that's what actually liberated mankind. <laughs> because it would have been a massive industry. I can tell you names of some multinationals that were built on slavery. Some of them are still in existence today. Some of the big brands that you're celebrating today. I tell you, yeah, there's some banks, there's a major bank that it was built on slavery. I don't want to spoil anybody's <laughs> business. <laughs> but yeah. So, but why am I saying this? In the Bible, God said that on the year, in the year of Jubilee, every seven years they have ju Jubilee. All right? So every seven years, what happens is when it's the year of Jubilee, all the slaves are released. They are released to go. So, if a slave loves his master and wants to serve the master, he tells the master, Master, I love you so much. I want to serve you out of my free will. Okay? Although, by law, I am free to go. But I love you so much. I love working with you that I want to, I want to continue. So the master will now, they will now take him, put a, an, a hole in his ear, put an earring. And everywhere he goes, they know he's serving the master, not out of compulsion, but out of love. That is a bond servant. So Paul, Epaphras, has distinguished himself as a bond servant of Christ. A bond servant of Christ who is serving Christ and laying down his life but not out of compulsion. Freely. 
A lot of sacrifice involved. And what kind of, how does he, how does he serve God? Paul makes it very clear. Laboring fervently for you in prayers. So through the ministry of intercession, prayer. Intercession is a prayer whereby you pray for others, not for yourself. So in intercessory prayer, you're not praying for yourself. You cannot say, oh, I, I want to intercede for myself. No, it's, it's not possible. Yeah, because the, the word to intercede means to go between. So you, you're going between that person's situation or that person's life and God. And you're standing there as an umpire. Hallelujah. It's a very powerful ministry. It's one of the least celebrated ministries. But I'm telling you, it's one of the most highly, um, most, most highly esteemed ministries in heaven. Because even Jesus is our intercessor. He lives, according to Hebrews chapter 7, uh, he lives to make intercession for the saints. So he is sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for us. So it is a privilege for us to intercede. Because we are following the footsteps of Jesus when we do that. So an intercessor, someone for you to pray, intercede effectively, you have to be selfless. You have to be selfless. The reason why sometimes people find it hard to be prayerful is because they are too self-centered. And so I see that a lot of prayers in the body of Christ, it's about self. Bless me, bless my cat, bless my dog, bless my goat, my sheep, Huh? And, and that is all, Lord. <laughs> yeah. What about your neighbor? What about your brother? What about your sister? Hmm? What about the nation? What about the church? What about the city? What about the government? Huh? You see that God has already given us so much to pray about. If you look, instead of looking and criticizing the government, why don't you pray? Why don't we pray? So, the world don't know what to do. So when they criticize, that's what they know to do. Okay? I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a place for construct, constructive criticism, but that is not your ministry. That's not your priestly ministry. Intercession is a priestly ministry. He has made us kings and priests. So our priestly ministry has to do with intercession. And Epaphras distinguished himself here. I love this scripture. He is laboring. Can you see that? 
laboring. What happened to the screen? <laughs> okay. I would have loved to read it in the Amplified. Amplified Bible. Okay. Always laboring for you fervently in prayers that you may stand perfect. Can you see that? The word perfect means mature. Mature. So, that you may stand perfect. He's laboring for God's people. Where? In prayers. I've heard people, and even some Christians and pastors, even make fun of prayers. They say, oh, just praying, praying, praying. Go and work. What are you praying for? You, you don't know that prayer is labor. That's why you're talking like that. In the spirit, it is labor. That's why not many people can pray. It's like going to work. I'm telling you. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't work. Just, just be praying. But I'm, I, I just want you to see how the Bible puts it. Always laboring for you. In prayers. That you might stand perfect. So, in other words, for people to become perfect, there is need for intercession. Are you getting the point? So that's how we labor with God. In Ephesians chapter 3, let me see. Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible tells us here, we'll come back, we'll come back to, to Epaphras. Uh, did I say Ephesians? Sorry, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul makes it very clear. Huh? It says, um, verse, verse, verse 6, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Then verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers. Huh? We are God's fellow workers. So I say we, we labor with God. So fellow workers, you are God's field and you are God's building. So God is working, we are working. We are working together with God. Part of the way we work with him is through prayer. Are you getting my point? So when you are praying, I want you to bear in mind that you are working with God. You are working with God. You are joining with the ministry of Jesus, the intercessory ministry of Jesus, the high priestly ministry of Jesus. The Bible says in, um, uh, in, in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, it says he has made us kings and priests unto our God. So our priestly ministry, if you remember the... Um, the high priest in the Old Testament days, he used to have he, he used to have a special kind of clothing, if you remember. If you remember your Bible, well, if you read, if you don't remember, you will get there in the Bible reading. 
that time we started reading Exodus and, and yeah. So, but on his chest, he wore what is known as the ephod, right? And on that, it has 12 stones. Okay? On his chest. Part of his, his dress coat as high priest. He put it, and all those stones represent the 12 tribes of Israel. So what does that mean? That means everywhere he went, he's carrying the entire nation on his heart. That's intercession. So as a priest before God, you need to carry people. Hello? Yeah. You need to carry people on your chest. You're carrying them on your heart. And you're bringing them before God. As you go into God's presence, first thing God sees is people. Yeah. That's part of laboring with God. He sees people. You come in and he's looking at you. As he's looking at you, he's seeing all the stones on your chest. He cannot ignore them. Once you, once you enter, those people, you have taken them into God's presence. Isn't that wonderful? It's an honorable responsibility. It's an honorable responsibility. So when I go into God's presence, God sees me. He sees you. Are you getting it? Yeah. Oftentimes I pray for you. So when I go into his presence, he sees you. He sees the nation. I'm praying that this nation will be saved. Amen. So it's part of laboring with God. So, but for the world, we're praying that they will be saved. But what about for the church? That they will become perfect. Are you getting me? That they will become perfect. That's, that's part of what we're doing. And I want to say this, that in discipleship, you cannot carry out the Great Commission without praying for people. If you exclude prayer from discipleship, I'm telling you, you will not see lasting change in the lives of people. You can take them through whatever form. You can take them through all the tools. Do you understand? You can take them through all the tools, but without prayer, there are certain things that will not take place in the hearts of people, in the lives of people. Because there are things only God can change people. <coughs> only God can change people. You can change somebody's mind, but you cannot change his heart. Do you get my point? So you can talk to someone and convince him, okay, the person wanted to do this, and you tell him, no, don't do this, do this, and you give him reasons and all that. You convince the person to change his mind. But the heart, only God can. Only God can. So part of the way God wants us to labor with him is through prayers. It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways. Through prayers. So Epaphras gave himself. He gave himself to prayer 
praying. And he became, he distinguished himself. Imagine somebody is known in the church as somebody that is praying for the church. It's not because somebody called him and appointed him and poured oil on him and said, you are now the intercessor of the church. No. Just, he just distinguished himself. So you make up your mind. What do you want to be known for? I want to be known as someone that walked with Jesus. Huh? And brought the kingdom of God into this nation at a level that has not been seen. How about that? You need to distinguish yourself. You don't want to just be somebody that lived for so so number of years and died. And then they read your CV. You studied here, you went to this place, you got this, yeah, and all of that. Good as it is, how does it translate in heaven? <laughs> it's interesting that with intercession, with prayer, you already enter into eternity. Yeah, because people's lives, whatever it is you're doing, the lives of the people, through prayer, when they stand before God, your signature will be up all over them. <laughs> yes? So, I want us to understand and to know that it, this is a noble calling. It is a noble calling, I'm telling you. Hmm? He prayed fervently for them. Not just Mickey Mouse prayer. Fervently. Oh, Amplified. Let me read it in the Amplified. He says, Epaphras, who is one of yourselves, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always striving for you earnestly in his prayers. Okay? Pleading that you may as persons of ripe character and clear conviction, stand firm and mature in spiritual growth, convinced and fully assured in everything willed by God. That's what he's doing. So when you see somebody in church, because you know, Christians are, can be very, very wicked. Somebody just gets born again today. You now want to destroy that person because he's not like you. Meanwhile, it took you 10 years, 15 years to get to where you are. This person just got born again yesterday. Today, you are, you are now beginning to castigate him because he's not like you. <laughs> How many people know what I'm talking about? Have you prayed for him? Have you prayed for him to mature? Have you prayed for him that he will stand in the will of God? Maybe the person is going astray. He, you know, he's, he's still wobbling and all of that. So what? Your prayer can bring stability into his life. Are you following me? So let's not be known as Christians who, who just pull down each other. But let's be known as Christians who build each other up. 
Let's be known as Christians who encourage each other. Let's be known as Christians who stand by each other. Let's, be, let's not be the kind of Christians that make fun of people who are going through trials. Because I've seen that before. When somebody is being tried and tested, you need to stand with that person. Stand with that person in prayer and say, the Lord is going to see you through. I'm standing with you. And let, let it not just be a cliche, I'm praying for you. Meanwhile, you're not praying. That's a lie. You pray. When you say you're going to pray, pray. Pray for people. It's part of your calling. It's part of working with God. You can see that God is working in this person's life. I want to be a part of what God is doing in his life. How do you do that? Prayer. Am I making sense? So when we're praying, as we pray, um, as we pray, it's, it's marathon prayer. <laughs> it actually is a combination of things. It's both marathon and uh, really. <laughs> so because some people will come pray for a period of time, and then others will come take over, and then others will take over. That's like a relay, isn't it? But at the same time, it's a long relay. We want to see God's will established in everyone in our lives. Amen. Everyone in our midst. Amen. I want everyone to be strong. You know, I want this church to be known as a strong church. Amen. Yeah. That, you know, the devil will be like, ah, these guys, what am I going to do with these guys? Yeah. So each day you wake up, he'll be upset. They awake again. I, I, I wish Jesus can just take this church away. I'm okay with this one. I'm okay with this one. But this one, ah, yeah, <laughs> we can do that. So, if if you want someone, if you want to see someone grow, mature, you need to be prayerful. Pray for them. If you want to see them stand perfect in the will of God, pray for them. Okay. Then apart from that, apart from the 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 uh, apart from that, Paul tells us in Galatians chapter four verse nineteen. In Galatians chapter four verse nineteen, Paul says, he, he says, I quote, "My little children, for whom I travailed in birth, until Christ be fully formed in you." Hmm? The King James says. For whom I labor in birth. So he is saying, he, and he's writing to the church. I labor in birth. I travail in birth for you again. That Christ be fully formed in you. So that is to say that at the beginning he traveled. He prayed for them before they got born again. All right. Now that they are born again, he now has to enter another level of labor. It's like a woman in labor for, to give birth to a child. Now, obviously I've never been in labor, but I've, I've, I've seen my wife uh, on two occasions be in labor. 
right? And um, yeah, it's not a pleasant experience, especially when you have like natural birth. It's not. It's, it's not an easy experience. Yeah, it's not for sissies. <laughs> yeah. So Paul is saying that that is is likening the prayers. His prayer for the church to a woman in labor. Are you getting my point? And that's to tell you that it is not. So don't allow anybody to say to you, because you are praying, you are not doing anything. It's because they don't understand spiritual things. If Paul, the great apostle, could labor, in prayer, for Christ to be fully formed in people. Now, the person is already born again. What are you laboring for again? Ah, he's already born again. No, no, no. He says, no, this is phase one. Now, we need to pray. We need to labor that Christ will be fully formed. So when they, when they stand, when they're walking, you know, Christ will now begin to, you know, show forth in their lives. Haven't you seen Christians that you, you wonder, you are wondering, is this a Christian or not? Those are Christians that no labor is taking place in their life. So they just brought, boom, they got saved. Praise God, you're heavenly bound. Okay? And that's it. No Christ-likeness. No fruit of the Spirit. No fruit of the spirit. Do you know that? Do you know that? The Mormons. How many people have heard of Mormons? First of all, you know they are not Christians, right? Okay. Those guys target charismatics. Because they say charismatics don't have character. So when there's a revival, they wait for everything to die down. Once it has calmed down, they invade that area. Why? Because they can see that these guys don't allow Christ to be fully formed. So it's easy to convince them. It's easy to move them. That's how they grow. They target Christians. They do a lot of community stuff, a lot of you know good good stuff they do. But if Christ is not formed inside, <laughs> it's a problem. Okay? And it's because we have put aside the ministry of intercession. So people are not maturing in Christ. People are not growing as they should. They are not as strong as they should be. They cannot resist temptation when it comes. They cannot resist evil. They cannot. They get taken. If, 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 if the, the crowd is going this way, they'll follow. If the crowd is going this way, they'll follow. If the crowd is going this way, there's no strength of conviction. So Paul labored for them that Christ may be fully formed in them. Again. So Part of what happens when you are praying in the Spirit is that you are praying 
for the will of God to be done in, the peop in people's lives. You're also praying for Christ to be formed. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. So when Christ is fully formed in you, you become a beacon of hope. People look at your life and they get inspired. People look at your life and they want to serve God. People look at your life and they say, wow, this is what it means to be a Christian. I want to be like that. I want to have what you have. I've seen that. I've seen that before. And I'm telling you, we need more of that. I don't want a situation. Haven't you seen people that turn their backs on Christ because of some Christians? Is this, is this, is this what it means to be a Christian? I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. That's a shame. That's a shame. Because we are not praying for Christ to be formed in people. So you are discipling someone. You need to also pray for the full formation of Christ in their lives. You lead someone to Christ. That is wonderful. Great. You have a crown for that. But there's also a crown for discipleship. Time will not allow me to show you in the scripture. There's a crown for that. When you labor in prayer for people to be um, complete in all the will of God. To, be, to stand perfect and complete. You know, sometimes we have partial uh, knowledge of the will of God. Sometimes even you know the will of God. How many people, are there no times you know the will of God, but you don't, you don't, you don't do it? <laughs> Come on. You're looking at me as if, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm not like that. Yeah. So it takes prayer. Do you know that even Jesus, to go to the cross, he had to pray. He called the disciples to pray with him. They slept. So he had to now pray for himself. Without that prayer, do you think he would have gone to the cross? He wouldn't. So there are aspects of God's will that require prayer. I'm telling you. There are aspects of God's will that that require prayer. So as you, that's why it's good to be prayerful. Because when you are prayerful, it gives you the energy to resist certain things. And it gives you the strength to obey even when it's not convenient. When it's not convenient. You can do it. And we, we, we want to see more Christians that live their lives like that. Even when it's not convenient. I'll do it. I'll do it. We need to see more business people that are yielded to the will of God. Christian businessmen, a lot of Christian businessmen are a disappointment to God. I'm sorry to say, but I'm telling you the truth. A lot of them are a disappointment to God. If you are in business, you need even more prayer so that you can do the will of God. You can stand in the will of God. Finally, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul makes a statement there. You know, talking about the armor of God. Yeah? Verse 18, he says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. How? How can you pray for all the saints? Do you know all the saints? How many people know all the saints? Huh? I know, I mean, I know you have a lot of friends, you know a lot of Christians, and all of that. Do you know all the saints? But he says we should pray for all the saints. How are you going to pray for all the saints? In the spirit. That's right. In the spirit. In the spirit. So when you're praying in the spirit. Because the Spirit knows all saints. He knows a Christian that needs to be strengthened at the time you are praying. Okay? So he can now take your prayer and ooh, use it in the life of that Christian. And put some supernatural strength into him. So that he can go through. Maybe a Christian is about to commit suicide. And you're praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Holy Spirit can just use that prayer to just... Change that. Break that over his life. So many things happen that we are not aware of. But I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, it's going to be reward galore. God will just say, hey, look at what you did this. This person is standing because of you. This person is saved because of you. This person is now an apostle because of you. This person is now a prophet because of you. This person became a prime minister because of you. This person became a president because of you. This person became a billionaire because of you. I said, Lord, when? When you were praying in the spirit. Praying for all the saints. This person, the power of the enemy was broken over this person's life. This person got healed because of you. So the, 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 uh, the possibilities are limitless. Especially when you pray in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit. We're going to have prayer points. And we don't even need to take the prayer point and say, Lord, I do this for this person. No, 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 no. no. Just take it. Do you know how sometimes I pray for people? I say, Lord, I want to pray. Uh, uh, I want to pray for my sister according to the will of God. Holy Spirit, give me utterance to pray. Hmm? I want to pray for Apili according to the will of God. Holy Spirit, give me utterance to pray for her according to your perfect will. Then I just now begin to yield. And sometimes as I'm praying, I'm praying, I begin to get inspiration. I begin to get inspiration. Then I say, oh, I need to, I break this over her family. I break this over this. I release this into her life. I declare things and then I'm back in the spirit. It's orchestrating everything. But you have to give him that freedom. That's how to labor with God in prayer. Amen? Are we going to do it? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and pray. Come on.
This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.